be honest, it's all about why me when it comes to cancer. It's all about why me. Um, and it's not going to lie, I'm still figuring out to kind of transform this why me into try me. You're listening to Foodie Canteen. I'm your host, Castle Lim. And in this podcast, I'm sitting down with Southeast Asia's leaders, entrepreneurs, and content creators in the FMB space. You will learn about their trade secrets, or you'll just find them as your next door neighbor. This show is supported by Good Foodie Media. For foodie who wants to connect to the world through food, they curate the best spots to eat and drink in Malaysia, Bangkok, and Singapore. Check them out on Instagram for more. Today, I'm speaking to Soon, the co-founder of one of the top cafes in Johor. Stick around to hear his story. Hey, Soon. Welcome to the show. Um, hello, Cass. Hello, um, Foodies family. Pleasure to be in the air. We're so happy that you are on the show today. How are you feeling today? Feeling good and all? Um, we, we can't complain. Still still doing well, still healthy. It's just still going um, smoothly. Yeah. So for our listeners who is new to the podcast, can you tell us what you do? Um, hello, everyone. Um, it's Sun here, the founders of, as you can see, the Founders Cafe, um, routine by Sun and people and places. And um, we are kind of known for um, having super long queue, um, up to I would say two, two, two hours, and we are also kind of known for serving um, some real iconic celebrities as well as uh, individuals. Yeah. So your your first business venture in Malaysia was People and Places Cafe. Then, yep. as you said, routine by soon, and then right now we see in your background is the Founders Cafe. Can you take us through the journey? How how did all this started? Um, it's been an amazing three and uh, past years back here in Malaysia. Um, I had my studies in Melbourne and I was kind of self-employed uh, with my siblings uh, for some businesses over there. Um, but most importantly would be my cafe job as a barista over there. Um, um, else we won't be who we are today and what we are today. And I believe um, similar scenario happening around us or even yourself or ourselves, especially for those who study in um, Australia, it's very strange, especially for those who study in Australia, they will fight for their life to go for a the PR over there or at least temporary residence to lengthen their, um, their stays over there. So it happens to myself and Alexa. So um, Alexa Oi is actually our um, amazing ingredient developer as well as the founder and the director. So both of us, we made a um, unforgettable decision to reject our PR and to stay here to start up our business. So um, a couple of the factors, um, it's going to be real long, so I'm going to make it short. So a couple of the factors is probably, um, I'm from Johor and I'm a real um, Southern Harimau, Southern Tiger. Um, since more, we heard about, um, you know, Penang food, Ipoh food, uh, Malacca food and of course Singapore is everything and KL is also everything but when it comes to the food in, in my case um, the cafe scene in Johor you probably you never heard about it so we were like okay we really wanted to make it happen uh, real badly to put um, Johor on the map and then um, another factor is probably again as a Southern Harimau um, it was a visit back here for Chinese New Year 
and I found out that there is a huge improvement and the cafe scenes here were pretty, um, pretty developing. And that's why we are here today. Um, yeah, you talk about the cafe scene in Johor, like how in KL and in Penang, um, we, are, we are known for our food. How would you as a cafe owner, um, you have a three on your, on your book now, how would you describe the cafe scene in Johor comparing to your neighbours? Um, when it comes to um, comparing Johor to Singapore or KL, um, even though Johor is considered as the second largest city um, in, in Malaysia, but when it comes to the population-wise, the densities of population-wise, um, the market, competitiveness, the human traffic, we, they are like our you know, big brothers or the big neighbors or the big cousins. And that's what we found it interesting because if we manage to make it happen here in Johor with these populations, these markets and the culture wasn't here, then it's going to be awesome. And, be, and when it comes to Singapore or KL, it will be real, I can't say easy, it will be better for us because there is unlimited of the human traffic and it's all about the international um, airports over there. Just like when we go to Taipei, it's going to be building 101. Go to Paris, it's going to be the tower. But, we, but somehow we managed to make it when it comes to Johor Bahru. Is going to be our space, uh, people and places, or right now the founders cafe. Yeah, people and places cafe is one of the top cafes in JB. With your customers, like you said in the beginning, queuing up to two hours wait time, like they are willing to do that. And when you guys decided to stop operating last year, it kind of shocked the community, not only the community in JB but also in Penang and KL yeah. visitors who have been to your cafe before. Can you tell us what what really happened there? I, I have goosebumps right now whenever, uh, you know, I'm talking about this, um, this people and place of the closure. Um, first of all, um, our prayers are with those who are affected uh, by the um, pandemic. It's not easy as a parents, um, employers, even as employees. So um, I would say thanks to pandemic. Uh, I've been very positive. Thanks to pandemic. Uh, as pandemic is considered as um, one of the best indicators to determine um, how strong our strongest communities are. So here, I'll be using communities. I haven't been using customers for ages because I truly believe that um, this is how we pay tribute to our community. So um, thanks to the uh, pandemic, that's um, because we always wanted to uh, move to a bigger space due to a very long queue. And that's why there is this routine in Johor after our first year with different places um and therefore oh no i'm sorry so because at the same time we also have sharing the basement just like the basement here with, with one of the um, furniture shop and it's kind of um, restricted our expansion within the area um different places with each building uh, we managed to accommodate 100 um, capacity but due to the real overwhelming response um with the waiting area up to 100 as well we need a bigger space. And therefore, thanks to the pandemic, it's time to really close down for a while and prepare for a bigger building um, to well prepare for when the borders are open and to accommodate more people. But surprisingly, uh, thanks to the strongest community, and that's why I rename it as 
the Founders Cafe because it's just like um, the big boss of your video games. Um, after we opened the Founders Cafe, the queue was there without even with the Singapore crowds. Um, with my Singapore visitors remain in Singapore up to an hour um, or two for the weekends and for the weekdays, there is a very promising crowd as well. Your, your cafes there, like you said, you don't address your customers as customers, but as your community and on your social media pages, you even have the hashtag for the community. Why, what's the story behind it? Why do you think it's important to stand up and use this hashtag across your platforms? Um, in this case, I'm going to use it um, myself as a cafe owner's example. Um, when it comes to start up a cafe, it's very easy to generate your customers in the short term wise, as long as you have enough investments. Um, if you have enough investments, you are good to decorate your place well, um, even better than ours. If you have enough investments, you are able to just form a team. You are even okay to just hire a celebrity chef from overseas if you have enough investments. And if you have enough investments, you'll be able to spend yourself on the internet, especially um, when we are living in this best era ever. Um, internet is about everything, but that's all about the short-term wise. But what about um, long-term wise? So this um, strongest community, it's all about the relationship with your crowds. It's not just a day one, day two. It's all about the word of mouth, um, the publicity, and word of mouth is crazy. Um, again, in this era, with internet, I'm going wild um, every single day. And um, it's probably going to link to why we managed to welcome those um, real iconic celebrities and individuals to our space because um, when it comes to the day one of the operations, it's always your uh, close one. It's always your family, your friends who pay the first visit and the rest is really about um, the, the word of mouth and that's all due to the powers of Strongest Community. And artists like Jay Chow and the royal families would often visit your cafes. How, how did you make that happen? Do, do you have any tips for cafe owners who are listening who can maybe find your strategy useful? Um, again, I think the audience probably going to hate me so much because I'm going to use this word strongest community most of the time in this podcast. Um, again, um, Jay Chow and the royal families are all due to um, the powers of strongest community again. As um, I believe over the years since day one, we have been loved by the strongest community. Or, or I would say, because I'm using my, my personal branding, my, my, my head as a logo, I would say I've been loved by the strongest community since day one. Please, I mean, correct me or slide into our DM if you, if you are not loving us no more. Um, and due to all this, you know, the love and support since day one, after after my after our family or our friends visited, um, it was all about local customers who find it interesting and they visited, they paid the visit. And after that, it becomes um, a tourist spot, slowly become tourist spot with Singapore visitors um, coming in. And after that, um, because of the powers of again, power of the strongest community, whenever our community um, have their guests over here from Singapore, from overseas, or from other states of Malaysia, it's just like um, a tourist. It's, it's become a the destination. They will bring them over despite the long queue. Um, it happens to Jay and to the rest of the iconic celebrities. 
um, when they are here or they are around here, the agents will actually arrange and give me a call um, to see if I'm around, then we just make the arrangement. So um, thanks to the, um, again, strongest community. Well, they're going to love it uh, since you plug them so much in this yeah. podcast. What is the branding part concept behind your cat face? How did you decide to use your looks and make it into a logo? Um, again, um, thanks to the um, strongest community again and again. Um, since we are not buying the franchise, we will have to build up our very own SOP, our own system. So, um, and I enjoy interacting with strangers, customers. So since the very first year, the entire year, I was on the floor and I was on the operation side to deal with um, the, the front lines, positions to work out the SOP, the systems, the way we interact with our communities. And it turned out that everyone's loving our um, community. And then because... And it all started with um, the very one person um, requested to take a photo with myself and it posted it online. And, and that's how amazing internet. So when people find it interesting, I mean, how come there is this humans, this creature there with, uh, with the long hair and, and, and tattoo and I love talking. And then um, with all this facial hair, they find it interesting. And... Um, and after the first customers, the rest was history, people will request for photos, but not until I decided to visit Singapore, um, a regular visit to the Singapore. Um, I would say kind of wherever, um, in the restaurants or on the streets in Singapore, people would, um, they would actually um, recognize me and they would request for photos, they post on the internet. And I was like, wow, that's, that's the powers of love. And why not I why not we put the um, my head as a logo? And we always believe that personal branding is the best branding in the world as it's more like, it's more down to earth. It's all about um, human relationship and it's all and it's all about the soulfulness. Yeah. In April, you open up about your cancer journey to the public on your Instagram. Can you share with us um, a little bit about what happened? It's, yeah, it's been, uh, it's been an amazing four months, I would say. It's been, it's been four months. And I would say it's the cancer or the diagnosis has been treating me very well. Um, I, I need to be very positive, but uh, I'm, I'm truly positive anyway. Um, it changed my life. I was diagnosed with this uh, testicular cancer. It could be bad and it could be good, um, but it turned out pretty well as I managed to figure it out early. And I decided to put it online. Um, it's probably due to um, the fact that when it comes to uh, women, they will actually go for a regular checkout for the, uh, the breast cancer and stuff like that. When it comes to the men, just like myself, I felt a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning, but I didn't care about it. I was like, okay, I'm just going to sleep for a while and I'll be all right a week later, a month later. But it's not the case after a month. So I went for the checkout and it turned out uh, there was this diagnosis. And so I've been working on the um, awareness campaigns in the um, in Johor. Um, I hope that they'll be able to raise more awareness. And um, yeah, so so far so good. I'm still, to be honest, it's all about why me. When it comes to cancer, it's all about why me. Um, and it's not gonna lie, I'm still figuring out 
to kind of transform this why me into try me, which I've been um, living kind of um, happily. And here I'm gonna actually I'm gonna use um, exercise and working out as an example. Um, I'm very uh, skinny right now, to be honest, after the surgery because I, uh, I I'm not allowed to go for exercise or to, to leave something heavy and therefore I switched to the Qigong. So um, before the um, diagnosis, I was actually kind of uh, muscular. I would hit the gyms, um, went for the exercise almost every day and just like many of us out there, it's not enjoyable at all. Eh? It's very stressful. So it's actually very unhealthy if you find it stressful and you still force yourself to go for it almost every day because I was simply, you know, walk out for the, for the muscle so that I look great uh, physically with my outfit. Um, but it's not healthy at all. And therefore, after the diagnosis, and the rumors actually saying that um, cancer is probably due to your, you know, your lifestyle. But um, the reason why the why me is that because I've been having a very healthy lifestyle, very well disciplined. But rumors also saying that life can't be way too disciplined. And I decided to change my lifestyle. I, I, um, I was approached by the Qigong master. So I developed the Qigong. Uh, to be honest, Qigong is very slow, uh, like very, very slow, but it allows myself to really embrace my, uh, my body, to really understand the body at least an hour a day. So it turned out that um, Qigong has been treating myself well, and calm myself down to understand um, my body. I'm curious as to what was the first question that came to your mind when you were diagnosed with testicular cancer? Oh yeah, it's all about the why, the why me as we mentioned. Because as, as I mentioned, um, I've been having a very um, well-disciplined lifestyle, even eating heavy is good, but, but why me? It's, yeah, just why me? So... Um, I'm trying my best again to work it out to 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 form this try me to leave it with the um, cancer and it's been very well an amazing journey because I, I got to um, share the experience online with my um, strongest community and people uh, with similar experience they will actually share their experience how we can work it out together and for those who kind of curious and worried about um, um, uh, let's say if they are not comfortable with their parts, let's say testicular like myself, they will actually just PM myself and I'm more than happy to, um, to comfort them and then to, um, to work out with them. And how did your immediate family take this news when you shared it with them? Um, wow, to be honest, it's also our responsibility to calm our family down, but there's no right or wrong. If you are not happy, just cry it out. If you are happy, you can just laugh. But I try to hide my emotions because they say if you are an Aquarius, I'm a you know, baby Aquarius, you tend to be the guy who hide your um, your inner self. And I'm, I'm actually the one who hide all my, you know, um, the inner self, and but it turned out they they kind of understanding. Um, they hide their emotion as well. They will find their room, and then, uh, but after the very first day, because um the internet is here, we can just kind of Google all the symptoms. Especially, um, I actually approached 
one of the uh, influencer, Jared Lee, on his uh, base in KL. And he um, actually helped me with a lot of um, doubts and questions. And um, throughout the entire journey, thanks to um, the internet and thanks to um, Jared Lee, I have been actually feeling all good and well prepared. Even before the diagnosis, I knew something was wrong, but I was actually okay with it. So it's kind of, um, so I'm actually kind of a miracle because um, um, people are seeing that I'm still doing well here and still real active on the shipping center. Um, before this interview, we had a few chats and you spoke about legacy. My question is, what is the legacy you want to leave behind? Um, to be honest, legacy happens when your life's being, you know, threatened, just like myself. Um, we, um, as well as the business, it's about business. I mean, in my case, it's about the business, the business career and the life. So first, when we first announced that we closed the different places, we, we learned that, okay, our legacy in Johor is there because we got on the, uh, the newspaper and the media uh, nationwide in Singapore, in Johor and in Singapore. Surprisingly, in Singapore as well, due to um, the very magical Malaysia and Singapore link bridge. Um, I was on the media of Singapore. And also, um, when it comes to the cancer, the moment um, after I decided to post it online with the tons of message and course um, made by my strongest community. I learned that um, my life and mission here in Johor is basically complete and it's time to move on to, you know, KL, um, the, the, the real city, the capital, the, um, the eyes of you know, everyone. Do you have any advice for people who are looking to start their food businesses um, in terms of, you spoke a lot about branding and just uh, creating a brand for, for the community. Is there any tips that they can take away from you? Because um, when it comes to F&B, people um, who love to um, first start up their business, they, will, they always go for the F&B. I'm not sure why. It's probably due to some dramas or the movies um, in Taiwan or, you know, in, uh, in worldwide. So they find it interesting to, you know, to make coffee, but it's never as easy to start up any, uh, in any industry. So, um, and I would say when it comes to the career, um, age of your career, you just set your mind. In our case, um, I'm actually three past years old in um, this entrepreneur industry, but it turned out pretty well. And it's, I would say it's all about delivering good value. So in our case, the um, cafe industry, good value, I'll break down it into um, good service, good food, and most importantly, good culture. And as we mentioned earlier, short-term-wise, if you have enough investments, you're, there's no problem, no issue with the business. Um, but what about long-term-wise? It's all about um, the good values you are about to deliver to your customers. And just going to make things short. I would say uh, good things take time and good values always matters. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Soon, for coming on the show and sharing your story with us, uh, being so open about your journey. Uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Cass. Thanks, uh, Buddhist family. Mm-hmm.
You have just listened to Foodie Canteen. Special thanks to Soon for sharing his story. The show is produced by me, your host, Castle Lim, and co-written by Mei Rui Kwa. Foodie Canteen podcast is made possible by the excellent team at Good Foodie Media. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Foodie Canteen for more. Follow us for brand new episodes every Friday. Thanks for listening.